we have to know that the perfect love itself comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from Him. The nature of Christ is the fruit of the Spirit. So now, when you look at a tree, as a tree grows, you know, when you look at the leaves, it's a mango tree. It's a lemon tree. You know the tree by looking at the leaves. But there are some trees that look just like the lemon tree or looks just like the mango tree, but it's not. But a person who really has studied these things, they'll know when they see the tree. But what will show to everyone what tree this tree is? When the fruit comes out, Jesus said this, you shall know the tree by its fruit. When the fruit comes out. Now, when the fruit comes out, you see the fruit. The fruit doesn't appear all of a sudden as a big, complete, ripe fruit. No. It appears as a tiny fruit. And it begins to grow. At that point, can we say that this tree doesn't have the fruit? No. It has the fruit. But you grow in that fruit. As the tree continues to get the nutrients, the sunlight, the air, the tree absorbs all those things and that which the tree has taken in goes into the tree, into the branches and into the roots and it begins to cause the fruit to grow more and more. Now you see that the sunlight, the water, the nutrients from the soil, all those things are vital for the fruit to develop, to mature. But the characteristics of the fruit itself, as to whether it's an apple or it's going to be a mango, doesn't come from the sunlight, doesn't come from the air. It comes from the seed from which the tree comes from, from which the fruit comes from. So when we look at the nature of a child of God, if the seed of Christ is inside a person, then the nature of Jesus Christ will begin to grow and it will begin to manifest and you will begin to see the fruit of the Spirit, the areas where you were rude before, you are no longer rude. Where you used to lie, you no longer lie. And where you used to be self-centered, you are no longer self-centered. Now you have become sacrificial. And the fruit is formed and it's beginning to grow. It's not any of the fruit. It's coming from the seed. The type of fruit reflects the seed that it came from. 
at the same time. It needs the sunlight, it needs the water, it needs the air, it needs the nutrients that come from the soil. It has to be from a good soil also. So these things are very vital for the tree and for the plant, for food bearing, for everything. So the seed, which makes up the tree and the fruit, has everything it needs to be that, that fruit that reflects the tree and the seed, the composition, or the characteristics of the fruit, which is the sweetness and the texture, the color and everything. But then, if you don't have sunlight, like when you are little, some of you in your school, you might have done the experiment of chlorophyll and the plants and leaf and how if you don't have the sunlight, the plant is not going to be green. It's not going to receive that which it needs, which is the sunlight to make the chlorophyll, which makes the plant look green. It's the food that has to make. It needs that. And it's so important for the plant. So here it has the seed. It has everything it needs to become the fruit that reflects the seed. But if the sunlight is not there, then it's not going to become that which it's supposed to become, even though it has the potential, full potential for it. Same thing goes for the water. If you don't water, then everything that's in the seed that can cause the fruit to become just like the seed that came from the tree, a perfect mango fruit, a perfect apple. If you take away that water, you take away the life of that tree. There's no more growth and eventual death will occur. So, you take away the air. You take away the life. Because in plants, they breathe. They breathe in and they breathe out. So these things are necessary. If they're not given to the tree, it's not going to grow. So the seed of Jesus Christ is in a person, has been given to a person, the nature of Jesus Christ, the characteristics of Jesus Christ, has been imparted to a believer when they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him. That means they have that ability, they have everything that will make them into the tree and bear fruit. But there has to be this growth where now the seed that is gone in, it needs to sprout. And when it sprouts is where you have the new birth. 
without that germination taking place, without that sprouting taking place, without the seedling coming out, there's no birth. When the baby plant is born, it needs to be watered. It needs to be in a place where it gets enough sunlight. It needs to be in a place where there's oxygen. That's the life of a believer. That's what Jesus told his disciples. You go. Give the gospel to the people. Which is the seed of the word of God. That has a power to change and transform people to make them just like Jesus. Because the seed comes from the son of God. God himself. So every person who receives that is bound to become like Jesus provided. They get that water, they get the air, and they are the right soil. If this is not there, then what will happen is, just like Jesus talked about the four types of soil, four types of ground, I should say, only one type of ground brought forth fruit. Remaining three. Though the first one didn't produce anything because there's no birth. The next two have birth at the beginning stages and then death came in some time in their growth stages. So this environment where God says you give the gospel, he commanded his disciples who were discipled by him, who walked with him, who watched him, who heard him, who listened to him, obeyed him. Now, having received power from on high, they are commissioned to go and give the seed. Now the seeds have been received from Jesus Christ. He gave it to them and he's commissioned them to go plant it. So when they go and give the seed, put it in that soil, the seed will become a mighty tree provided it has the air, it has the it has the soil, good soil, and it has water, necessary substances, necessary elements for growth and for fruit bearing. If that is not there, the seed is wasted or the seed that means no birth or birth and then ends in premature death with no fulfillment, no maturity, no productivity. It's like a miscarriage. It's like a stillbirth in human beings. It's like a 
baby that's born and dies as an infant. It's like a, a child that dies without becoming an adult, without having a generation, without fulfilling his or her purpose in life. So now when you look at a person's soul, we saw the plants, the trees, the fruit, the soil and the seed, from what Jesus said. And we also saw briefly about the birth of a child, pregnancy, birth, whether the child was conceived in the womb, whether it's going to make it to full term or whether it's not going to make it to full term, whether it's going to live its full life or whether it's not going to live its full life. Depends on the environment. Solely depends on the environment. If the seed is perfect. Now Jesus Christ is perfect. A human seed. Many times it carries genetic disorders. It carries blemishes where you can have a premature death from enlarged heart or brain disorder, liver disorder, all kinds of things and death can happen. Then you also have the environment where some disease from outside comes in and the child never makes it into adulthood, the child dies. Or you see someone get killed also because of the environment. So it never makes it to the adulthood or it kills itself. So you see all the causes for a lack of maturity at the full growth that needs to take place, the full life that has to be lived is not happening or did not happen because of various factors. But if all the conditions are right, then the child is going to live its full life. And if the environment is really, really perfect, the child is going to really live a, a perfect life. That means the child is going to be healthy and as the child grows, the child is going to be strong and as the child becomes an adult, the child is going to be stronger and as the child gets older, becomes a, an old man or an old woman, they'll still be strong. There are people like that in their 90s walking and doing their own laundry and uh, helping others. and Their health is really in good shape. Some are close to 100. They're still in good shape because their bodies are in good condition. They took care of their bodies really well. And they are, well, and also, 
They don't carry that genetic diseases and disorders. So you see the factors that come into play. When it comes to a human body living, living its full life or living full healthy lives, depends on the environment and also the seed itself, the makeup. Both are important. When it comes to a human soul, when a soul is born into the kingdom of God, the seed has no defect here. It's a perfect seed. And all its perfection, the seed is meant to make the tree perfect, just like the seed. So it has the capacity to make a tree bear a hundredfold fruit. Now again, its environment plays a big part now. There's no defect in the seed. Every seed can bear hundred hundredfold. The environment plays a big part now. And to what extent the tree is going to take in and make use of it also plays a big part. That's why Jesus didn't say, go give the gospel and then that's it. No, he says, make disciples. Baptize them. Make disciples. He says, teach them everything I've taught you. What are these things? Oh, this is watering. If the teaching doesn't go in, the all-potent seed will become ineffective. You can have a miscarriage. You can have a stillbirth. You can have early death. And that soul will not grow. Just like the body needs the right conditions in order to thrive and to reach its full potential in every way, the soul also needs the perfect condition, the right environment to make it fruitful, thrive, and to reach its full potential. So, the gospel goes into a person, then the seed goes, rebirth happens, new birth happens, a believer comes to the Lord, born as a baby in the kingdom of God, the soul is fresh and it's born, it's breathing the fresh air, it has the appetite for food, everything is good, there's nothing wrong with the seed. And the conditions must be right in order for that tree to grow or that spiritual inner man or woman to grow into the image of Jesus. It's important when the plant is born or a baby is born. You see the features of the parents in the child. It's never going to become like Someone else, no human baby is born, looks like a puppy first and a kitten next and a birdie third and and then finally somehow becomes like a human being. No, it takes after the seed. 
God's word says, when God made the trees, he also made the seeds with it, so that it can generate the next set of trees, the next set of vegetation, after its kind. So born in the kingdom of God, when we are born into the family of God, it all happens through the seed of Christ, by the working of the Holy Spirit. That's the air that we need. The Spirit of God. Breathe this life upon us. Seed of Christ goes into us. Then the word of God, the water that needs to fall upon the seed so that the plant begins to grow. Continually, what is needed is air and water. The soil. So the air is the Holy Spirit for the soul. The Spirit of God works in the life of a person. The breath of God. The breath of life. The water is the Word of God that must be taught taught to the people. And this is where God has placed shepherds after his heart to feed the people, to guide the people, to grow the people. It's not just, okay, I'm just going to show you the way. No. To actually impart life, impart the word, impart his spirit. That's why where we go, where we fellowship, who we are under is very vital. It depends whether you're going to grow or not, you're going to live or you're going to die. Very important. That water has to be given. You can't say, water is water. I can pour hot water. Or liquid is liquid. I can pour any liquid. No. It has to be good water. If you put waters with lots of chemicals into that plant, you're going to get a very toxic fruit. Water has to be really good. And God gives that rain water, which is pure water. It comes from heaven for a human soul, for human life, for human body. Similarly, for a human soul, for the spirit man on the inside, the water has to come from above, from heaven, from the hands of God. The word of God is that water. It has to be given. It has to be poured into the soul. And the soul will steadily grow. The water has to be really good water. Rich water. The plant is going to really grow well. And then you need the Spirit of God at work. The breath of God at work. He has to work in your life. The Holy Spirit. And then we have the sunlight, as I said, to make that chlorophyll. To make the food for the plant. Using the 
nutrients that come from the water and the minerals that come from the soil, the air that has been there to produce food, oxygen. You need the sunlight, as I said, to make this food. And it comes from God the Father. Oh, may may He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you. Oh, the work of our triune God in the life of every believer is of utmost importance. We cannot neglect this. Then your soul When you don't neglect it, when you receive everything, then your soul will really flourish as a prosperous plant. As a life-giving plant. You have everything you need if you have the right environment. That's why being in the right place where the Spirit of God is moving, where the Word of God is given that water where the sunlight is shining where the Father speaks and He gives you everything you need through the Spirit of God working through the Son of God all three in operation in the life of a believer will produce that fruit that will look exactly like that seed, the properties, the quality of that seed. So when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, love is the chiefest of all at the same time. It has joy, peace, Patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control within itself, within that love. Love is like the packaging and the substance. Within that comes joy. Without love, there's no joy. Without love, there's no peace. Without love, there's no patience. Where there's love, there will be patient. A person who really loves someone, they will really be patient with them. Without love, there's no self-control. But within love, you have all these things and they come from the seed. The seed of Christ. So when you look at the nature of Jesus, God wants us to become. It's not like, oh, you've been given a standard and you have to somehow become like, no, no. It'll automatically happen if you're in the right environment. Now, what is the most important thing besides being in the right environment? When I say right environment, we talk about the external factors like the air, the sunlight, the water, which has been given by God. We have to be there. 
if you are a little plant in a little pot in a dark room, and you say, this is where I want to be, then you're not going to grow. You'll end up dying. But if you say, I want to be out of this pot and I want to be in a nice yard where there's a lot of room and the seed is supposed to grow into a nice tree bearing lots of good fruit, then you'll really grow well in that yard where you have exposure to good sunlight, good air and good rain being watered steadily by the gardener. The other thing that's very important that Jesus mentioned is you need to be in a yard that is free from anything and everything that can choke you. You need that. If you don't have that, then you won't grow. You will die. So what does the gardener do? The gardener comes in. A gardener who is responsible and who loves his garden. He's going to come and work on that garden. He's going to make sure that the plant is growing good. If we had a garden or a little garden or even some pots, flower pots or vegetable plants in your deck, backyard or your front porch or wherever it is, even if it's like on your little windowsill, whatever it is, if you care about it, you will water it and you'll look at it. Every time you'll come and see how it is. And if you see any dead leaves, you will remove it. If you see any bugs, you will take care of those. In short, you will tend to it. Now I'm going to leave it the way it is. If you see weeds growing, you're going to uproot the weeds. A land that is not kept, that means we have lots of thorns and we have lots of wild bushes growing. It's not only going to look very ugly, but it'll kill the the plant that can become a mighty tree. Well, the potential is there, but you know what? The clearing of the ground was not done. The weed whacking was not done. Whatever it needed was not done. You know, some soil is up and down and you will have to dig a little trench around it so that the water goes to the tree or to the plant, not away from it. We have done those things when we had trees in our yard. You know, the rainwater is going to run down. The tree is not going to get it. You're going to do what you have to do in order to make sure the trees get the water. You're going to make sure that the weeds are not around the the trees or your your vine, whatever it may be, you care for it and you make sure that there's nothing next to it. 
So for a time being, we've done this also. When you have a tree that is growing, it's young. You know, certain seasons, heavy winds will come. You're going to tie a stake to it. No, you're going to put a little metal mesh around it to protect it from the winds and also from the beasts, the deer, whatever will try to come and eat it. Or if it's a tomato plant or some other plant, birds are going to come and eat the food. You're going to put something meshed around it to cover it, to protect the fruits. You take measures. The point that the Spirit of God is making here is you do the necessary things in order to protect the plant, the tree. So it may look like some soil needed to be dug out. It may look like a little fence needed to be put. It may look like a mesh restriction is there. It may look like a stake. Now it's put next to the plant and the plant is tied to it. Why are we doing all these things? Is it to restrict the plant? No. It's to keep the plant from breaking, falling, and dying. It's to keep the wild beasts from taking away the fruit from the plants. Or even as the fruit begins to develop, the birds can come and take it away. So, we take measures to make sure that the plant that we care for is protected. So the boundaries, the covering, it's all needed so that the plant grows. Same thing goes for a child also. Why do we put children in the car seat and buckle them up? Why do we do that? No matter how they scream and cry, they don't want to, they don't want to get into the car seat. Why do we do that? Do we do that because we get joy out of seeing them cry? Do we do that because we say that, well, you stay restricted in that car seat. You can't sit on my lap? No. Why are you supposed to wear a seat belt? Because the authorities are trying to control you? It is for your good. It is for your good. Because the seat belt is there to protect you. The car seat is there to protect the child. The mesh net is placed over the plant to protect the plant. Restrictions are good. Good restrictions are good because it's to protect you. So when you are protected from the external elements that can destroy you, damage you, then you're bound to grow really well. That's why obedience is so important. Obeying the commandments of God produces life. So important. Staying within the boundary. As long as you're in the car. Having the seatbelt on is very important. Why do you have to put a left signal and a right signal? Why do you have to do that? Oh, I know how to drive and 
Everybody should be careful and they should watch where my car is going. I don't have to put the signal. You can't do that. It's there to protect you and those around you. Oh, I don't need any stop sign and I don't need any red light and I don't need any yellow light. I'll stop when I want to stop. I'll go when I want to go. Those are people who are headed for death. Get themselves killed and others in the process. People who don't want to abide by that healthy restrictions which are placed by God which is to protect them. They will end up prematurely dying. So that's why it's so important to guard our souls with all diligence. Wherever the Lord says, do this, we need to do that. And God says, don't do this, just don't do that. And the power to become like Jesus has been given already through the seed of Christ. Now, whatever disease that the plant may get or the child may get, the parents treat them. The gardener treats them. And that's the work of the gardener. That's the work of the parent. They do that so that the disease is gone and the child grows. There are children who have died from tuberculosis because they did not treat them. The children who have died from simple illnesses because it wasn't taken care of. It's very sad. But it's the truth. Same goes for adults too. When you see something wrong, you have to do something about it. Whether it's your body or your soul. When you see you're spiritually sick, you need to do something about it. Just like how you do when you're physically sick. It's important. Physical neglect and spiritual neglect can bring disaster to a person's soul and body. So as we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today, God is giving this assurance. The seed is good. You can bring forth hundredfold fruit. You need to be where the sunlight is. You need to be where the water is. You need to be where the fresh air is. The place that God has planted you in, where you can get that fully, is very important. Depending on that, your growth will be even though the seed is perfect. That's why being in the place where God actually feeds the people through the shepherds that he has placed. Not our convenience and where we want to go. It's the closest place and it's the nicest place. Rather, people look for things when they look for churches. How big is the church? Do they have a lot of activities for my kids? Do they have a large youth group? Is it closer to the house? How short is the service? And how's the socialization over there? We have a lot of events going on. These are things a lot of people look at. Which means that plant is really not going to grow. 
If that's what they look at, that means the plant will not grow. They're looking for convenience, not for life. A plant that will thrive will be a plant that has been given in the hands of a person who cares, loves, a gardener who places the plant in the best place. Whether you have a fish or you have a bird or you have a pet, animal, or you have a plant. If you really love it, you'll want the best for it and you'll give the best to it. But if you just have it because everybody has it and I want to have it too, then it'll become a burden. You'll do the bare minimum to keep it alive. And guess who will suffer? The plant will suffer. The pet will suffer. They're not going to grow. They'll live. They'll be sick. Sometimes they'll die too. You know what the owner will do? Oh, this died. Let me get another one and replace it. That's it. When love is not there, the care for it won't be there. This is where Jesus gave himself for us. Having loved us to the very end, he gives us shepherds according to his heart. That means his representatives who bears his heart. He forms, he fills, and he places them. And then he says, I will give them to the sheep. I will give shepherds according to my heart, God's heart, so that they can feed you. That means they can give you the best of food. According to God's heart, it's a big word that must be understood. The heart of that shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, is a heart of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Is a heart that lays down his or her life for the sheep. Is a heart that looks out for the wolves that will come in sheep's clothing. Is a heart that will feed the best for the flock. Is a heart that will watch over the flock by night. It's a beautiful scripture. It can be read as a very casual one. Casual one. As we read the birth of Jesus Christ, you read about it. You'll see while shepherds watch their flocks by night. What were the sheep doing? Think the sheep were all grazing? Nighttime doing night duty? No. The sheep were sleeping. The shepherds were awake. What were they doing? Watching over the flocks. They flocked by night. That's the heart of the 
shepherd. When God gives us shepherds according to his heart, that's the heart they will bear. And that's how they will care. And that sheep that is in that fold will get the best food, will get the best air, will get the best water. He leads me to green pastures, not any pasture, green pastures. Who? The Lord. And what does this Lord do? He gives shepherds according to his heart. His heart is to lead his people to green pastures. So the shepherds who bear the heart of God will lead the flock to green pastures, to still waters during the heart of God. So that plant will grow into a mighty tree. And it's very important for the tears to be removed, for the diseases to be taken care of, medicine to be given. These things are all necessary. The Spirit of God sees a disease coming upon the people of God. He gives that medicine which is so important. It may taste bitter, but it is good. It will make you well. The Spirit of God, when He sees a lack, when He sees some deficiencies, He will give that vitamin, He will give that mineral, He will give that which you need to build you up. The whole goal of God is to perfect everything that concerns you. Everything. God wants the best for His people. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. When you have the chief shepherd as your shepherd and follow the shepherds that God has placed in your life and receive from their hands that which God has given to you. And you will go in and out and find pasture. You won't lack anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack any good thing. So when he is given shepherds who bear his heart according to his heart, you won't lack anything. And you're bound to become just like Jesus. Because a seed is potent. The seed is the seed of Christ. So now the weeds must be removed as the Spirit of God sees. Tears being planted by the enemy. He'll come to uproot those tears, which is a good thing. That's when the word of God will come like the, like the bug repellent, like the pesticide control, medicine, like the fertilizer according to the need. The Spirit of God will speak and that exactly does the job. God wants it to where the diseases that heavenly scissors will go to cut that branch out. These are all the works of God. But when we keep ourselves in the love of God, who so lovingly cares for his people, his flock, then you are 
definitely going to become just like Jesus. And you keep yourself within the folds that God has placed you in. Not a place where you just feel good. The other people say, I go there to that place because I feel that they all love me. I feel that they're all paying attention to me. I feel that I can do something in that church or my children can do something in that church. That's not what church is for. You can go to a social club for that. Church is a place where you're treated, you're fed, so you can become like Jesus. Church is not a place where your ego is met. Me, myself, and I is fed. No. Church is a place where everything that is not conducive for your growth will be put to death so that you can grow and become just like Jesus. Church is a place not for a person to come and show off what they have or what they can do. No. A true church is a place where God can make you into something and someone who can truly become useful in the hands of the living God. Truly be productive. We come to the house of God, to the presence of God, so that you can be watered, you can be fed, you can be led, you can be nourished, you can grow, you can multiply, you can become of great value and usefulness in the hands of the living God. It's not a social club. It's not a place where me, myself, and I are seen. It's not a place where we all feel valued and we all feel that everybody is welcoming and it's not a place where we all get to do something. It's not a place where oh, you become a part of something. A church should be a place where you know that God is speaking. It should be a place where you know that God has his shepherds placed over me who will lead me in the way that I should go. Through the word that has been given by God, that spiritual sickness must be taken care of. medicine that needs to come must come you know there are people who get sick they need to be in the hospital they need to be there for a certain number of days to be treated and before they can get well they say I want to go home I want to go home I don't want to be here I want to go home I want to go home they release themselves and end up dying It is very important to be under the mighty hand of God so you can grow. As you come to the presence of God, you have to come with an understanding why we are here. As you grow and as God sees you fit, God will see where to place you and to give what He wants to give according to the time 
that God wants to give you. It's very important. So when it comes to love, being perfected in love, because love is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits of the Spirit. It is fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is one fruit, but has all these qualities within that fruit. You see that fruit. The tree. Vine is the Lord Jesus Christ. And His nature will be seen through us. If we belong to Him, we will be a reflection of Him, an accurate reflection of Him. So everything we need has been given by God. From the seed to the environment. The right place where we need to be planted. He says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. So who gives pastors and church? God. God gives us shepherds according to his heart. For what purpose? Not for socialization. Not to show your talents and skills. Not to have a jolly good time. Not to have fun. But to grow in the knowledge of God Almighty. Through the breath of God, that fresh air, oxygen. The Holy Spirit who imparts life to the hearers every single time. Through the water, the word of God that comes to the root level and to the stem level, to the leaf level, to every level, touching every part of that tree. That the tree flourishes when the sunlight that is there is constantly over. Oh, the people of God. God causes them to walk in the light as He is in the light. He is the light. There's no darkness in their lives. That tree will flourish. That tree will flourish. But your yard has to be free of everything. When the gardener comes to pull the weed out, you don't say, oh, no, 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 no. Let that weed stay. No. If that weed stays, it'll take the life out of you. It'll take your life out of you. When the gardener comes and says, this must go. Know that it's very good. See, when a ship is going in the sea, If there's a storm, you lighten the load. You throw out all the things that you don't need. As we saw the airplane illustration this morning. Before you get on the flight, whatever is not permittable needs to be put away before you can enter the plane, before you board the flight. Because it's good for you and for the rest of the passengers. Then you can be on that airplane and you can look at the sky. You can see the landing. You can see the takeoff. You can see the plane go through the clouds. You can look at the 
land from there. You can get all that beautiful view. And you can reach a destination and see the people who you want to. But not without lightening the load, meeting the requirements. So you can safely go, happily go, enjoy the flight. God is speaking to your heart today. Becoming like Jesus Christ, everything has been given to you. To become like Jesus Christ is God's desire for you, is God's will for you. And he has given everything for every believer. God does that. It's a promise from God. God has made that promise to his people. He's made that promise to his people. I will give you shepherds according to my heart. They will lead you. They will teach you. They will show the difference between what is profane and holy. That's how the Spirit of God sees and He leads. When we say, Lord, teach us the difference between what is right and what is wrong. God teaches His people through the shepherds that God has placed over them. When there's a disease, when there's a disease, the medicine is given. And the food is given all the time. So the Seed has been given by Christ and the environment that the plant needs has been given by Christ also. But you need to be a person who is diligent. Take everything in. Not be a child that will throw the plate away. You should be a plant that will take everything in. You should be a soil that is kept nice and clean free of tears so that it won't choke your life, your spiritual life. So when it comes to love, when it comes to God's love being manifested through a human being, because they're made in the image of God, the seed of Christ is in them. The soul now has taken the shape and form of Jesus Christ. Now it's a matter of growth. And if you have everything you need, which has been given by Christ, that you have made yourself available to, that means he has given everything that you are making use of it. But you're not some child that spits out the food. You're taking the food. You don't spit out the medicine, but you're taking the medicine. Then you're bound to become like Jesus. So the love of Christ will begin to grow inside of you. So when you look at the tree, and it has small fruit, which you see coming up in the tree, it gives us so much joy. We see, oh, wow, look at the little fruit that is coming. A person who really tends to that tree has such joy when they see the fruit coming. They're not going to say, I can't believe that it's so small. I can't believe that this looks like this. I thought apple will look like this and look at this. It'll, no. Nobody will look at a baby that's born and will say that. Wow. 
I thought it'll be like a full-blown person, and look at this tiny little creature. Can't even sit up. That would be very odd. God takes joy in seeing his children grow. God takes great joy in seeing his children grow. Not where they need to be, but where they are right now as they're growing, God takes great joy in that. And he sees where they'll be, if they continue. With the baby is supposed to be 21 years old, and the baby still looks like a five-month-old baby. And that's not going to bring joy to the parents. No. We can't say, well, I grew for five months. Now I'm 21. Be happy because I grew for five months. No. That would be a great grief for the parents. And they'll long to see that curse removed so that the child grows from five months to where the child needs to be. That's how God sees every spiritual soul. That growth has to be there and that growth will happen automatically if you're in the right environment and you take in that which has been given to you. Being a doer of the word. The word that comes through the Spirit of God, through the anointed servants of God that God has placed, who carry the fresh breath of God, who carry the water, the word of God, who brings that sunlight to the people of God. God does all these things through the shepherds that God has placed. That's why it's so important, so important. Your environment and who you're under is so important because that will determine what you'll become and how you'll become. It's so important. The seed is very important. Your environment is equally important. Otherwise, spiritual death will happen. The seed is very important. The environment is equally important. Your participation in your spiritual growth is also equally important. If you don't take it in, if you don't make use of it, then you can have the seed, you can have the environment. You can't blame the seed, you can't blame the environment. If you don't take in that which has been given to you. If you don't make use of that which has been given to you. See, you can put a child in school, you can pay for the child, you can give everything you need for the child. Buy the shoes, the books, the everything. And pack lunch for the child. Send the child to school. Drop the child off and pick up the child and all those things. But the child goes to school and sits there. And does not pay attention to the teacher. And, and joins with the wrong crowd and comes home, lies to the parents that the teacher didn't get the homework. Now the parent that doesn't check the book, doesn't talk to the teacher, will end up having reproach when the grades come. But a parent who is in touch with the teachers and who checks the work of the child will catch the child, will tighten all the loose ends, We'll see what needs to be done. 
and fix the problem. Now at that point, the child can say, I don't want to be here. I hate you. You're always finding fault with me. I go to school, but what I do in school is up to me. To study or not study, it's up to me. I don't want to be in this home. And the child leaves. Well, the child will have lots of regrets later. The parent will have the great, greatest grief. Not only paying so much, and doing so much, investing so much, but also loving so much. At the same time, the parent cannot do anything. The child completely says, I don't want anything that you're offering because I don't want the way you're raising me. I don't like what I'm hearing. Study, study, study all the time. I'm not going to study. I don't like studying. I want to join with the wrong crowd. The child will regret very much. As the child gets older, doesn't know how to read and write. And it's with the wrong crowd. And he goes through the agonizing time. I think back and say, I was a fool. I missed out on everything that I was given. The reason why I was reprimanded and told so many times, do your schoolwork. How much money I'm paying. I'm making all this effort to bring you and drop you off and do all these things. Do the paperwork and look how you wasted everything. And you lied to me. The teacher said that you haven't been in class. The child doesn't want to hear anything. Oh, my parent is always finding fault with me. And they take my freedom away and I don't want to be here. And that's a child. Even though it's received everything. Becomes like the prodigal son. The younger son. Who took everything that the father gave. And chose to leave the father. Leave the father's house. And go. There are people like that. Who receive everything. Receive everything. And then they will leave. You know why? Because they didn't like that which was given, which would make them wise. So what they'll do? Me, myself, and I was not met, and the me demon was not fed. And so, we leave. God leads the shepherds according to God's heart. God moves them. And what is good for each sheep, God gives. According to God's heart. And when that happens, it's a great blessing. It's a great blessing. There are times when the weeds or the tears that are there are left without pulling those tears out. For a certain period of time like Jesus said and when the time comes the tears are pulled out but prematurely if the tears are pulled out Jesus said you can pull the plants with the tears so the spirit of God leads in a glorious way 
And the whole goal of the father is to see you well. The goal of the father is to see you healthy. The goal of the father is to see you bear much fruit. For his love to be perfected in you. And so, as God's people in God's kingdom receive that which God has given and they make use of it, then what will happen is they will grow healthy. They won't be like a child that has refused everything that's good and now is like the prodigal son with the pigs somewhere else. And they will grow to be like the tree that is planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth its fruit in its season. The leaves them over there. Whatever they do shall prosper. Any time a child thinks that they know more than the parents, any time the sheep thinks that knows more than the shepherds and try to find fault with the shepherds, they're finding fault with God himself because the shepherds bear the heart of God. It won't be a blessing at all. So it's very important to know the devious serpent, how it works, and to stay away from the snares of the enemy because the enemy comes to kill your soul. Anytime the voice of Lucifer comes through someone to rebel against the voice of the Holy Spirit, to rebel against the spiritual authority that God has placed over your life, you have to be very careful, stay far away from such Wolves that will come in sheep's clothing. It's very important. The Spirit of God leads God's servants so that you can grow. And God knows what you need and God knows what you don't need. God knows many times there will be a test from God for you to see how you will respond before God can bless you. It is important to give yourself over to the working of the Holy Spirit so that the love of God can be perfected inside of you, within you. So, a first grader can be an A student in his first grade. A perfect first grader. And all that and all the things that God has given to him or her. He's received and he's made use of it. That means this child practiced handwriting. This child studied spelling. This child studied phonics. Whatever it is. This child studied simple addition. That child is going to be excelling. Bottom line is whatever God invests inside of you, you do your part. The byproduct will be the perfection of God. It will automatically happen. God will be so happy when he sees that little fruit coming and it's so healthy looking and so beautiful. He's so happy when he sees it. And he continues to grow you into his image and his perfection. So now, when you look at perfection itself, 
as the Spirit of God works, perfection is minus, perfection is perfection when it's without imperfection. Something is perfect because it has no imperfection. I want to say it one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. You call something perfect because there are no imperfections in it. Which means, when you look at it, you can't find, you can't find flaws in it. When you look at a fruit, and it can be a small fruit, it's a baby fruit. When you look at a baby fruit, you won't see disease in it. You won't see rottenness in it. You won't see bug bites, holes. When you see that, then you know that that fruit is good for nothing. It can be a small fruit, but it can still be a perfect small fruit. That's what you say when you look at babies. Look at the baby and you say how perfect the child looks. Beautiful. Perfect creation of God. Do we say that because the child is a baby, we can say that the child is not like the full-grown person, human being. So I can't call it like this. No. God sees you. And as much as God is entrusted into your hands, as much light has been given to you, when you are a doer of the word of God, and you don't presumptuously sin against God, you are in the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being grown day by day. Going from faith to faith and glory to glory in that perfection. Not outside of that perfection, in that perfection. But everything that is perfect, you just keep increasing in that perfection. So there's no imperfection in it. That's the point here. You can be a small, perfect fruit. Which is just going to now increase in size to become the big fruit. To become that ripe fruit. So there's a lot of growth in it. It needs to happen. But as little as it may be, can it be perfect? Absolutely. So we are moving from one level of perfection to the other. That's one thing that's there at the same time. Because the seed of Christ that is in a person, when a person becomes a doer of the word of God, through the trials and the testings that will come at every stage, as we saw from the book of James, there's this perfection that keeps taking place. Within the perfection that God has placed, God grows that perfect Jesus Christ, the image of Jesus Christ within the person. That's where we see the scripture to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Jesus to make the person perfect man in Christ. To that fullness of God, fullness of God, maturity. 
So, with that which God has given into our hands, First Corinthians 13 is your mirror that you need to look at every day. Meditate on it, pray over it and say, Lord, more of Jesus, more of the divine nature of Jesus. The more you meditate on the word of God, First Corinthians 13, to be perfected in God's love, more of his love will flow into you as you walk in him. That inner strength and that nature of God, which will flow out of you from Jesus Christ himself, the seed who is there, the Holy Spirit working, that will be released each time you are in the presence of God, to the servants of God. The water that has been poured each time from the Lord Jesus Christ to the servants of God there. The light that has been given. Oh, then you become like Stephen in the book of Acts who was under the apostles teachings who became like a little replica of the apostles and the people who served the tables were all so full of the Holy Spirit they operated in signs and wonders full of the Holy Spirit is not just going around screaming and doing some miracles here and there now they are full of the love of God full of the fruit of the Spirit and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is bound to take place if we give ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit. Number one, be where you should be. Be where God has placed you. Now there are people who said, oh God brought me to this church and God brought me here and God has placed me here and all these things. It's important if God brought you here, then that's where you should stay. Who will take you out if God brought you here? Who will take you out? Lucifer. When he sees the me, myself, and I so huge in the life of a person, it's a big axe door to take a person out because he knows he has this open door. The enemy of our souls He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he can actively do that when the door is wide open for a person. The person who's full of themselves will be people who will get offended easily because Satan himself will put a stumbling block before them. Everything will look twisted. Everything will look upside down, whatever is straight up will look upside down, that's a perverse spirit that will slither into their lives because the door is open this is how I feel and how people make me feel and how everyone treats me and how if you look at it, it's all me, myself and I it's a deceptive spirit it comes in a very spiritual form that's the worst part of it so every believer should be aware of that you're coming to the house of God so you can grow You're coming to the house of God so you can receive. You're coming to the house of God so that you can worship God, not for others to worship you and acknowledge you and to put you on a pedestal and to sing songs to you. You're coming to the house of God so that 
you can be watered, so you can receive the fresh air, so you can receive that sunlight, you can receive the minerals, so that the disease of your soul can be healed, so that your spiritual sickness can be removed from your life, so that the tears, the weeds can be removed out of your life. You're coming there so that you can be cleansed. You're coming there so that you can be changed. You're coming there so that you can be transformed. You're not coming to a club. You're coming to the house of God, where God has placed shepherds according to His heart. For you to be led and not to lead. For you to be fed and not to feed. For you to be in a place where you can be changed, not to try to come and change someone or try to see if you can change the pastors. The pastors bear the heart of God. And they will do what the Lord says. A sheep that will follow will stay. A sheep that says, no, I'm not going to. And a sheep that will yield itself to the working of Lucifer. cannot stay in a place where God is working. I mean, if you see angels and if you see the fire of God and if you see glorious things happening, if you receive the healings, how can you leave? Who will tell you to leave other than Lucifer? Who will? How can the very mouth that said, God brought me to this place? Who will take you out? If God brings you to the house of God where God is working, God has done tremendous things and God is moving. Who will take you out? God? After God giving your shepherds a point to his heart, God will take you out. It's Lucifer that will take you out. It's very important. The prodigal son walked out of the father's house. After what? After what? After receiving his inheritance. But was the inheritance that he received from the father became a blessing for him after he left the father's house? No. No. For a short time it looked like, oh, I'm doing fine and we're doing well and everything is well and everything. That's how it'll be. That's what Lucifer will say. He was happy, so to speak. Looked like he had fun, so to speak, looked like he was enjoying, so to speak. That's what the deceiver does all the time. Until he came to a place where all that the father gave was gone. I can you take that which God has given to you through this house of God? Think that you can leave and after that you can somehow flourish. It won't happen. Eventually, what God gave will be gone. There will be a life of deception like circling in the wilderness for a long time where the enemy will be lying. You call that white serpent. will keep people in the wilderness lying to them. You're doing good. You have God. You don't need to be there. You have your Bible from whatever you learned before. You have all that. You don't need that. You can survive and you can go to a place where you can be used, you see. Wow. Where does it say in the Bible? 
God will bring you to a place where you can be used. God is never into feeding anyone's ego. God is there to treat you, to grow you. And then as God sees fit, God will put each person in the place where you can become a blessing to the kingdom of God as a result of being blessed by God. The Spirit of God is leading tonight's word in an unexpected way. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit that is coming to the house of God. We have to take every word in. Breathe in deeply. Breathe in deeply the word of God so that you don't fall into the trap of the deceiver. Otherwise, you can be sick and think that you are well. Many people do that. They're sick, spiritually sick, they think that they are well. How can you bypass the scriptures God has given? It is so important. If you want to become like Jesus, this is how it works. If you say that, well, I don't need the air, I don't need sunlight, I don't need water. I can grow by myself because I have the seed. It doesn't work that way. It will not work that way. It cannot work that way because the water is an essential component of the growth of a plant. Just like how we all need water. The soul of a person needs water. Just like we all need food. The soul of a person needs food. Just like we all need air. The soul of a person needs air. Guess what? We can't produce that on our own. It has to come from God. God will not throw it from heaven, opening the clouds and pouring on top of you. He has kept his God-ordained means. Where he has clearly said in this word, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. They will lead you. They will feed you according to the heart of God. It means every time they come before the people of God, they bear the heart of God. Every conversation bears the heart of God. We have to understand that and have the reverence for God, reverence for the servants of God, reverence for the work of God, reverence for the Word of God that is coming, reverence for the fresh breath of God that is coming, and be in a place of total surrender, receiving everything that God gives into our hands. Then the love of God will be perfected in you. When you just take it and use it, take it and use it, take it and use it. So, that which God has provided into the hands of his people, those who take it and use it, they will grow in the perfection that God has. That means, from one level of perfection, you go into the next level. Which means, that perfect love will have no hate. The perfect love will have no me, myself, and I. The perfect love will be the love of Jesus Christ. That will be manifested in the life 
of those who have given themselves over to this perfect love, First Corinthians 13 love. That's why it's important to know that in order for us to be able to claim that we are walking with God perfectly and that His perfection is operating in us, we need to be living that out. If we're living that out, first of all, you're not going to be going around and saying, oh, look, I'm perfect, I'm perfect. No, that's wrong, first of all. If somebody's going around and saying that I'm perfect, I'm perfect. The first thing that a person can see on the outside is the me, myself, and I is really showing up really good there. The humility will be seen in a person who is walking in the perfection of God. A God kind of love will be seen. Others will say about you. Others will say that they see Jesus in you. Others will say that they've never seen this kind of a love. Others will say that when I see you, I see Jesus. Others must say. Now when someone asks you this question, are you perfect? If you're not perfect, you have to say, I'm not. I am growing in Christ and I'm giving myself over to that. I know I'll become perfect by the grace of God as I continue to obey the word of God. That will be the right answer to give. And as you grow, when you know that you are by the grace of God, not snappy anymore. You don't have an attitude that you're able to love. The people around you bear witness to that. The Spirit of God bears witness to that. Your conscience bears witness to that. Then when someone asks you, humbly you can say yes by the grace of God through the seed of Christ that is working in me. And the place where God has placed me where I have received His power that comes from His Word and the breath of God that is enabled to be perfect like how Jesus wants me to be. And I'm holding on to the grace of God to continue to keep me in His perfection until I see Him face to face. That humility is of utmost importance. Always remember, when pride comes in, you know that imperfection has set in, and you are bound for a steep, downward, small, hard fall. And what I am, as Apostle Paul says, by the grace of God. And so even in the perfection of Christ, we always have to remember, it's because of the seed of God. Just because of the nature of Jesus Christ that is there, you become like Him. But the environment is very important. What is being poured into is very important. It's because of that. You need to be cleaning up your yard and making sure that your heart is not a rocky place. You don't have thorns and tears that's choking you. 
You need to be obedient to the word of God. It's very important. So when you look at a person's spiritual growth, three things are involved. One is the work of the triune God in the life of a human being who's born into the kingdom of God to perfect that person. Secondly, the work of the fivefold ministry, the work of the shepherds that God has placed, the prophets that God has placed, shepherds that God has placed in your life to perfect you, to bring them to the fullness, the measure, the stature of Christ, as Apostle Paul says. That's the role of a God-ordained shepherd. It's to bring each and every soul to the measure, the fullness, the perfection of Jesus Christ. So the role of the triune God, the role of the shepherds that the Lord has placed in your life. And then, thirdly, your own role in you making use of everything that God has provided for you which is the triune God and everything that comes from the triune God through the shepherds that God has placed to you you make full use of that if all these three things are in place then you're bound to become just like Jesus, not when you get to heaven, but while you're on earth. And then when you get to heaven, you'll have that complete state of perfection like the all-knowing God. But on this side of eternity, the perfection that the Bible talks about is the nature of Jesus, the qualities of Jesus Christ, the qualities of God the Father. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. God's people should be the same way, with no darkness at all. God is love. God's people should be filled with His love. And Jesus said this, By this they'll know that you are my disciples. Not because you're wearing white, or not wearing jewelry, or not wearing makeup, or Not having television or having badges that says Jesus saves and bumper stickers or big verses on your house. But by this they will know their love for one another. And what kind of love is that? The way Jesus loved. Jesus said that when people see that they'll know you're my disciples. That's when they'll know. Can you be that perfected in love? Yes. That's when they'll know. Not before that. This is why most people don't want to become Christians. Because a lot of Christians do a lot of talking. They talk a lot of Bible and their actions are like the devil. They're slanderous, gossipers, immoral people, liars. They break their promises. They're angry, foul-mouthed, bitter, vengeful. Hypocrites. Many kids 
don't want their parents' faith because of that. Many parents have gone to hell and have led their children to hell also. They all had Bibles in their homes. May this church be different. May the people here be different. May those around you look at you and say, by looking at you, we know that you belong to Jesus. By seeing your love for your fellow believer in church, how loving you are to one another in the house of God. When they come to the house of God, they should know, these belong to Jesus. By seeing your love for one another in your family, they should know that these belong to Jesus. That's how they know that you belong to Jesus. That's how they know. So may the Lord bless each one of you today. As you've heard this word, unexpected, as always, even though it's a pattern, I say it almost all the time, Because it is the truth. It is unexpected. Because God speaks to his people exactly the way that he wants to speak, when he wants to speak. Because he sees the need and he knows what will bless His people. So may God bless each one of you this night. You've gotten a good amount of God's word for tonight. Even though we didn't go into any uh, reference in particular, but many passages from the scriptures I have taken out through the Spirit of God, bringing them before you. I encourage you to see those passages from the Bible as the soul and the seed. How the enemy comes and plants the tares. You can go and read those parables. The prodigal son story. And the scripture on how God gives shepherds according to his heart. Now God uses the servants for the perfecting of their souls. You can read all those references. But the most important thing here is we need to be taking these in. And we have have to become that which God wants you to become. It's not a hard thing at all. It's not a hard thing at all. The enemy will come to attack. He'll come to see how he can take that fruit away. He'll come to see how he can break the branches. He'll come as a false wind, as a creature to come and take away that which God is growing steadily inside of you. So it is important to guard your mind. It is important to protect yourself from every attack of the enemy. That's where the battle is. The battle is against the enemy. When he brings the tears, you need to uproot it. 
When he sows tares, you need to uproot it. When he brings heavy winds, you need to know that I need to guard my mind, guard my heart, cover yourself with this helmet of salvation. What is that helmet of salvation? Knowing who you are in Christ and knowing what Christ has done for you, knowing what God has given to you, which is his seed, his shepherds, and the ability within you to hear and to obey. Knowing that every time you come to the presence of God, water will be poured, light will be given. God has placed you in a place where His sun is shining on you. Every time you come to the presence of God, water is poured. What you need has been given to you. The fresh breath of God falls upon you. To impart the life into you, to grow you. You should have no Doubt about it. You should not waver in faith. You should not let the enemy attack your mind in these areas. Wear that helmet of salvation. Know that you're saved by grace through faith. His power that enables you to live an upright life. By you obeying His word. That's what that word means. By grace, His power. Through faith, your act of faith, which is obedience to God's word, you are saved. Not without God's work in you, and not without your work of obedience to the word of God. Oh, it's such a gift that God has given to you. Keep that helmet of salvation. Keep that helmet of salvation. Keep that helmet of salvation upon your head. And make sure that you're ready to bring down every disobedience through your obedience to the word of God. Nothing can bring you down. And through his power you can dominate all the powers of darkness. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for what you have spoken to your people. Lord, you have been good to your people. You have done marvelous things. Wonders you have done in our midst. Your word is life. Your commandments are life. You are life to us. We thank you, Lord. Jesus, I pray, make each and every single one valiant in battle. Lord, let no one stray from your truth. Let no one yield themselves to the deceiver. Let every single one learn to overcome the powers of darkness. We're not giving an inch to the enemy. This month of March, may your children be thoroughly equipped for every good works. Lord, may they know how much you love them. May they know how much you value them. May they know how much you want to grow them in you. May every lie of the enemy be brought down by the power of your truth. 
that every deception of the enemy be cut down to pieces. So the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that comes through the Spirit of God. Bless your people, Father. Bless your people, Father. Bless your people, Father. I pray that you will continue to minister the word of life, the word of truth, that is able to save the souls of your people all the way to the very end. That they may go from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, until each one, or when their turn comes to stand before you, may they stand with great joy, with great joy, to meet you face to face, having walked with you uprightly on the face of the earth. Oh, may they hear you say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy God has for you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your Holy Spirit. Praise your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I pray that this word that you're given, let it not be taken from the minds of your people. Let it not be taken from the hearts of your people. Let it not be twisted in the minds of your people by the enemy. Let it not be twisted by the enemy in the minds of your people. In Jesus' name, I cut down every lie and every perversion of zeal, wicked serpent. In Jesus' name, I pray, Holy Spirit, that the word of God may do a grand work in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, give your people an obedient heart. Give them, Lord, a wise heart. A heart that will choose wisely. Help your people. These are yours, Father. And your heart is longing to see them. Grow in the image of Jesus Christ. All living word of God. Treasure of all treasures. King Jesus. I pray that you'll touch your people at this hour. Everything that you need for this life and in the life to come. You have given to your people. May they make full use of it, Lord. May they make full use of it, Father. Oh Lord, let no one take your word and do it partially. It will not do its full work if it's taken partially. So I pray that the wisdom of God may work in your people, that they may take that which you've given to them and obey it fully so that they may prosper before you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to cover your people with your precious blood. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to give you one scripture that the Lord wants me to. Just turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. And I will read a few verses that God wants me to. And this will be the promise that God has given for our church for this month of March. Psalm chapter 1. And I will read verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now you see, in verse 1, you see man's responsibility. Your responsibility. The choices that we make will place us in a place of blessing or will take us out of the place of blessing. A person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, that means any counsel, any talk that comes to divide the unity that God has placed in your family, in the family of God, you have to be very careful about it. Satan can work through people and Satan can work through your own mind. Satan can work through your body. He can work through your emotions. You need to be someone who will not listen to the counsel of Lucifer. It can come through all these various means. Don't stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. In short, don't do things that will make you unproductive. Don't stand in the path of death. Don't be with those guys who are going to drown. Don't hang out with people who have communicable diseases. Choose life. That's what God says here. Don't be in a place where you can get sick. Don't sit where you can get sick. Be where you can be healthy. A place of blessing is a place that will grow you into the image of Jesus, which will keep you happy in Christ. The kingdom of God is made up of righteousness, peace, and joy. A person who is 
in God's kingdom will have God's peace, will have God's joy. They're the happiest people in the midst of difficult circumstances. The joy can be seen and no one can touch that. In the midst of the most difficult circumstances, they are the most peaceful people and they have the peace of God. Oh, no one can touch that. In the midst of the most difficult circumstances, they're the most righteous people. No one can touch that because it comes from God. Righteousness, peace and joy. It comes from God through the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit. When you are abiding in Him and His words abide in you, you will have the peace, His joy and His holiness. God's peace, God's joy, and God's holiness. When, when you don't put yourself in harm's way, and then what do you do? You delight in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. You give yourself over to that which imparts life into you. In short, you remove yourself from the place of death and place yourself in the place of life. You know what will happen? Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. In summer I shall bring forth fruit In autumn, I shall bring forth fruit. In winter, I shall bring forth fruit. Oh, in spring, I shall bring forth fruit. In summer, I shall bring forth fruit. In autumn, I shall bring forth fruit. In winter, I shall bring forth fruit. And in spring, I shall bring forth fruit. Oh, I will bring forth my fruit in my season. And be useful to my King Christ, my Savior, in every season, I'm connected to the vine, I'm connected to the vine, I'm connected to the vine, I'm connected to the vine. When you place yourself in the place of life, Remove yourself from the place of death and place yourself in the place of life. This is how you'll be. Your spirit, your soul, your body, your mind, everything will flourish. And in every season you shall bring forth fruit. In this month of March, God will bless the works of your hands. In this month of March, God will bless your conversations with people. In the month of March, God will cause you to prosper in your soul, your mind, your bodies, your relationships. Provided you make sure that you don't stay in the place of death. Don't get yourself involved in matters that will produce death. Make sure you fill yourself with this life-giving flow of God. 
the river of God. And whatever you do, you'll prosper. This month of March, God will feed you from the honey that comes from the rock, His rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, which will impart the supernatural strength and grace to cause your countenance to become brighter, to flourish you, to nourish you, to refresh your soul, to enlighten your minds as you put Him first in your life. You will see the mighty hand of God move. He will cause you to bring forth your fruit in your season. March is a season. Each month you bear fruit. The fruit that God has ordained for you to bring forth. Jesus says that in John 15. He's ordained you to bring forth fruit. Whatever fruit that God has ordained for you to bring forth fruit in this month of March, God will cause you to bring forth that fruit. If you refuse to partake in the foolishness that Satan will bring before you, you make wise choices by giving yourself over to the power of God, the presence of God, the provision that comes from God, it will empower you, embolden you, flourish you, make your roots grow deep and your stem grow tall, your trunk grow wide, your branches will bear much fruit, it will have that strength to bear much fruit. May the Spirit of the Lord bless you with this word that God has given. For this month of March, you can hold on to this word and say, Lord, you have promised me in this month that whatever I touch will prosper. Whatever I touch will prosper, provided I don't partake of that which will cause destruction to my spirit, soul, body, and mind. But I will partake of that which will produce life which is your presence, which is your word, which is your life, Lord. Let's take a few minutes in the presence of God and tell the Lord, Spirit of the living God, give me the wisdom to make right choices that will produce life in this month of March. Pray this prayer as the Holy Spirit wants you to. Hallelujah. 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 Give yourself over to God at this hour and say, Lord, give me the wisdom, the power to resist the devil, the deceiver, to make wise choices, Lord, so that whatever I do may prosper. Thank you, Jesus. God will prosper you in unexpected ways. God will prosper you. God is showing me. 
with someone, God is going to increase your, you're going to get like an unexpected source of income this month. Unexpected source of income. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus, not on your source of income. When you delight in Him, He will bring a resource that He has ordained for you to bless you and to provide you for your needs. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's no lack to those who fear Him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. God says, whatever you do will prosper. 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 Do one thing. Depart from evil. And pursue righteousness. Don't hang out with people who produce death. Surround yourselves by that river of God. Surround yourself with the river of God. Let the river of God surround you. Let the river of God be all around you. Flourish you, prosper you. Is that that river? Your prosperity lies. You focus on doing what you should do. That which God has already planned for you to give to you in this month of March will be given by God into your hands. From the hands of God, it will come into your hands. God will release the blessings that have been with held from you in this month of March. If you seek Him with all your heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Blessed Holy Spirit. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Precious Jesus, for giving us this time and your presence. Thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you for what you have begun to do. Oh, we praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all the hidden treasures that you have for your people. To all those who truly seek. You will reveal to them and they shall find those treasures. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people, Father. Continue to cover them with your precious blood. I pray may the God of peace, may the God of hope, may the God of love, may the God of joy be upon your people throughout this month of March. Prosper their souls, prosper their minds, prosper their bodies, prosper their families. Prosper, they're going out and they're coming in. That they may be seen 
as the blessed of the Lord. People may be drawn to Jesus Christ by seeing you in their lives. Your prosperity, let it be seen in their lives. Thank you, Father. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless you people with a blessing that you alone can bless them. They may live to declare the praises of the one who has called them out of darkness into this marvelous light that each may shine the way you want them to with the intensity that you would put inside of them. They may live fruitful lives Lives that would stand as living testimonies to the majesty, the love, and the mercies of our living God. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen.